is the festival, right? I never know. Is pool it the party. pool party? Festival, is it the awards? awards. No. I don't know. It you is, tell me. It is the iHeartRadio Music Festival where okay. you can see Miley Cyrus. All right. Kings of Leon playing that. And there they are. And Fantone said to me while we were looking at the rundown, he said, when is the last time Kings of Leon had a pretty big hit? And I would think... I know that one record was huge. It had, like, what, Notion was on that that was very good, You Somebody, Sex is on Fire. That was all one record, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say, and that was probably, if not 10 years ago, over, oh, God. Fi- over five years ago. It was ago. 2007, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so 10 is, years is, ago. Is, yeah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. Is when that record came out. Now, I know they've had a couple others. There was a record that came out in, like, 2012, around Sundown, I think it was the name of that. That was good, but nothing broke off of it. It was a good record. Nothing came off of it that, like, broke wide. Yeah, their major commercial success, 2007. So I'm that not, was 10 years ago. Now, look, the iHeartRadio Music Festival is obviously a trip to Las Vegas, and yeah. it's a huge lineup. You got Miley Cyrus, DJ Khaled, there's uh, a Coldplay's playing. Chris Stapleton, I know. Chris Stapleton's playing. playing it. So it's a huge lineup. But I think that there's a band that's perfect for this event that seems to get overlooked, and I'm trying to figure out why. Okay. And Well, Chester's dead. That's why. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Ooh, ooh, ooh. They would have been a great they pick. You are absolutely right. They that would be the, like, the best pick. They would have been. But I know, like, sometimes people who listen to this program feel like some of the rock stuff doesn't get represented enough in that in those festivals, right? I, I can say I agree a little bit there. And so where is Papa Roach? Right? Isn't that the perfect band for this? Yeah. Enough hits. They've been out in the, long enough. Just get up there, play this. Getting Away With Murder, Scars. Yeah. I mean, they have enough credibility to be a real rock group, kind of unlike Kings of Leon. They throw Kings of Leon in there like, Yeah, hey, Jacoby's got face bone. tattoos and hair gel. Right, right. <laughs> but, he's but, a, dude, he's a rocker. Also mainstream enough and palatable enough that like my girlfriend's not going to be like, Ugh, what When is this over? To? Right. My girlfriend's exactly. like, okay, Papa Roach. Exactly. So, yeah, that was a good pick, Stansberry. There you go. Too bad they're not playing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll still send you to Vegas anyway. Which will be awesome. Which will be, dude. Going to, you're going to Las Vegas on the company dime here. I'm just trying to make enough money from the company that I can go to Vegas, period. They're sending you all expenses paid. What are you worried about? It's going to be great. So we start at 8 a.m. every day and it ends at 8 p.m. So we'll do it at the top of the hour every hour. Okay. Starting at 8 a.m. on Rock 1069. How was your weekend, buddy? Uh, I was pretty good, man. It really was. Um, obviously, Hall of Fame weekend kind of dominated the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, let me stop you right there. Right? I know I asked you, and there you go, answering my question. But did I got to stop you there. Now, okay. I understood when I took this job at Rock 106.9 that I was never going to get into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Correct. Right? Like, I knew never. that. I was like, yeah, probably. No. Dude, hosting mornings are probably not going to be enough to get me in there. But I thought for sure I'd get into the, like the Pro Football Hall of Fame activities working so. at, at Rock 106.9, but I didn't. No. Did you go? Did you go to like the concert and like not tell me? No, 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 no. I did not attend the concert. I was last like, dude, night. the company gave him tickets to me. I was like, there's gonna be mutiny. I did not attend the concert last night, but I did do a little bit of a um, what do I want to say? Kind of a, uh, a recognition and, and and saw what happened there. Watched some videos. Oh, cool. Um, it seems like for the most part, I was a little jaded for that. Everybody enjoyed themselves. Seemed like it was a good time. I would assume so. I don't want to say the complaint, but like a lot of oh, people, there was a, said, a lot of people said Toby Keith was obviously intoxicated, like was up there drunk. And listen, I don't care. It was, no, I don't care, but it wasn't going to be long before somebody that did that show wasn't going to take it as seriously as they should. Well, and I don't know, Toby, maybe you should have taken it a little bit more seriously. Why? Was it that bad? Well, no, I'm just saying, I mean, this was the first one that was not a 100% sellout. Yeah, no, he should have been taking it pretty so, seriously. Yeah, you should, you should have, you maybe maybe that's why. Your game up there. I was like, dude, F it, I'm just going to drink. Um, But that's, and dude, here's the thing, is like, 
Do I go to a Toby Keith show expect, expecting sobriety? Hell no, dude. No, I mean, not out of the guy next to me, but but out of the performance a little. Now, if if somebody can tell me and like somebody can tweet in or Facebook and, and say, like, no, it was a sloppy performance, it was terrible, it sucked, then maybe it's something. But if he's just up there slurring the words to oh, Red then, yeah. Solo Cup a little bit, what do I care? It makes no difference to me. It, there's a fine line. Like, there is really a fine line. I mean, having been to a million concerts, right. we're... When an artist is a little in the bag, it helps. And it's like fun and, and it's, it feels right. like you're having a drink with him. Like, and you feel like you're seeing a rendition of a song that's like, man, this is kind of cool because like this is never going to happen like this ever right. again. Right. So like I'm okay with that. If, but you're right. If, if, if the guy's up there, can't play the notes, can't sing the song. Then all of a sudden, do you rip me out of 200 bucks? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Kid, Kid Rock was the opener, and I heard that he just tore the house down. And I've always said. It's a have, tough thing to do to follow that guy. I have always said about Kid Rock, whether you like his music or not, and I understand why people that don't like it do not like it. I totally get it. But if you go see him, you'll understand how he became the thing, because that X Factor thing, he does have it. Kid Rock does have it. Especially, I mean, you look at him and just like the like the skinniest white trash dude on the face of the planet. Marshall just, Tucker Band t-shirt. Just charisma for miles. Buckle. Like, just charisma for miles. So I wasn't surprised to hear that at all. Um, other than that, man, I just think it was a roaring success of a weekend. I, I, I really do. I think as far as like a citizen of Canton perspective, um, I would give it two resounding big thumbs up. Um, I uh, I was driving Uber for a decent chunk of the weekend. I actually drove uh, LT's brother and his wife to the Hall of Fame. Morris Taylor? Uh, no, no, no. Ladanian. Oh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, I drove his brother and his wife and I was like, hey, you know, how you guys doing? And obviously this dude was somebody and, uh, you know, like, oh, well, you know, what brought you in for Hall of Fame? And he's like, oh, dude, LT's my brother and this, that, and, you know, oh, we start cool. talking. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. You know, maybe a little tip would have been nice, but it's, you know, it is what it is. It was still, it was still, it was still, uh, God, I thought it was just bars and restaurants. It's not, huh? It's even the Uber. It was still a, a, a financial success for me. So I'm going to have to assume that as an Uber driver, if I did well, every bartender, every hotel owner, every, like, everyone kind of walked out making money out of this. So fingers crossed that was the kind of the, the story across the city there. Well, I was in Basil Saturday afternoon yeah. and, um, at the bar while I was having some sushi with a friend, I ran into a couple of bartenders and I asked them about first Friday and right. I went out for a little bit. Yeah, so did and, I. And they said that first Friday was a roaring success for their pockets. So, you know, that's good. I, I you know, I went to the, um, I went to the parade on Saturday, went to it, stood there for some reason, but I, I, uh, me and my girlfriend, yeah, it, it goes by my house. So I kind of like sit on the front steps and watch about 10 minutes. You, of it. you could see people going in and out of stores and buying stuff. So that's always good. And, and, and I, I still saw a, a decent amount of people yesterday on social media though, whether it was in like comments for the can repository articles or just stuff, you know, you, you see where people are like, Oh, can't believe the traffic. This is terrible. Whoops. Uh, I can't believe that we're pumping all this money into the Hall of Fame village and the neighborhoods and the potholes still look so bad. And it's just like, guys, you just I didn't feel like the traffic people. was that bad this weekend. You just can't win with something. Honestly, I was driving around all weekend. I felt like I was like, oh, my God, the traffic's not that bad at all. As you were going into the Hall of Fame, as I was oh, taking well, people. Well, yes, yeah. Getting off on Fulton. But like. Ever go to a Cavs game? Right. Getting into the queue sucks, too. Like that. Welcome to events. Like. So my buddy came down Saturday, yeah. and uh, you know the parade's kind of like going on, 
and he gets into my apartment. He's like, dude, he's like, you got to get me out of here. He's like, there's high school cheerleaders everywhere. And so, like, you know, I live right downtown. And I said to him, I was like, well, those aren't high school cheerleaders. I was like, that's the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders right there. And he turns around and looks right out my window. He's like, oh, my God, look at that. I was like, yeah, that's pretty great, right? You, you can creep all you want on them. Yeah. So, sure enough, he walked right outside, grabbed his phone, started taking pics and everything. It was awesome. You know, they uh, during the parade or whatever, there are high school cheerleaders, high school bands, like all these different things from the community and just watching the dads behind these groups of like you know 17 year olds out there drum majors or whatever the hell they are and like you can just see the depression on these guys faces oh sure like there's just seven, my life is passed there's just 17 17 year olds in front of them they're carrying this thing of water so they can <laughs> squirt it in the trombone player's mouth and it's just like oh my god how did this happen i would literally pay whatever <laughs> amount of money it costs if if they could find a new location in downtown for those bands to warm up for that parade. Those drum corps just sit in that alley next right. to my bedroom window and pound those things for like four hours in the morning. No, it starts on the other end of the city next year. Pretty low residency in your end of town and the people that do live there, they're he like, He just eh, called me Apple. stupid. That was Matt Pantone. It's like, well, dude, you live there and you're stupid because of it. So that's exactly what just happened right there. Next on the Stansbury Show, a guy is naked in McDonald's. You'll love why. That is next on Rock 106.9. Spirit Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9 coming up at 8 o'clock. Your first shot at a trip to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Looking at this rundown, it is actually pretty damn good. 30 Seconds to Mars would be cool. Lord, I actually am a big fan. That'd be cool seeing her. Miley Cyrus, Kasha Thomas-Rhett, Harry Styles. Chris Stapleton, who I'm actually going to see at Blossom soon. Pretty excited about that. You know what's coming up at 9.30, Phantom? What is that? We have fifth row WWE tickets. Ooh. Yeah, they're uh, coming back to Canton, Ohio. Hall of Fame City? SmackDown show right here. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So we're going to count down all week. We'll start uh, Monday, today, with fifth row. And then on Friday, you'll get first row tickets. Okay. Front row will put you. Monday. You pretty excited about oh, it? Oh, dude, I saw it. I saw it over the weekend, yeah. and uh, it's a Saturday night show, too. Oh, good for you. So, you know, your boy's going to be able to be there and, and, and be full powered and, and ready to go. As soon as it's over, click on the Uber, drive people home from Drive it. people home. Who we to ride? We're getting out of here, I like people. It. Um, but, no, super excited. And, obviously, the uh, the WWE views Canton as a market that it wants a piece of. It's, like, the fifth time, I think, they've been here since we've been on the air. It's like twice a year. That's pretty decent, man. They're torn. They're torn yeah. through here a lot. That is decent. Yeah, I mean, you got to know your audience. You know what I mean? And you got to strike while the iron's hot. I know every time they do NXT up at the Agora, that sells out too. Like people love it. So I mean, wrestling, I think, is big in Ohio. I think it's making a comeback. I don't think it's nearly what it once was in popularity, but I think it's making a comeback. More and more people are. Uh, what do I want to say? Coming out of the closet a little bit there with the wrestling fandom. That's what I would call it, too. That's the right analogy. So 9.30, we'll get you up with fifth row seats for that. 7 o'clock, we'll let you take a listen to Jerry Jones' Hall of Fame speech. I just love Jerry Jones. This dude makes me laugh. Yeah, and we'll talk about the uh, talk about the party he had there, that shindig. Yeah. yeah I, something. I was kind of sad I wasn't able to make that yeah, one. Yeah, well, I'm... <laughs> dude, I mean, okay, the Jerry Jones party, I'm all right not being on that list. I really am. And I talked to LT's brother yeah. about that, and I was like, yo, dude, did you go? And he was like, no, nah, we got escorted out. <laughs> I was like, for real? And he was like, yeah, dude. He's like, that was VIP. Like, that was, that was tough to get into. It cost $16 million. Yeah, it was one hell of a party. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that at, at 7 o'clock. So it turns out the drug problem, not only bad here in the United States, but Liverpool as well. All right. And listen to this. A woman walked into a McDonald's 
and was going towards the restrooms, and a guy yeah. was standing outside of them, pants down, lifted his scrotum up, and uh, injected himself in the scrotum, Jeez. into the testicles, with a needle to get high. Jeez. She said she was terrified. She goes there every morning to get coffee. She was terrified, right. and then just ran, she then just ran into the women's loo. And so wow. I'm sitting here asking this question. I understand why a drug addict would go into a public place, use a restroom to get high. I totally do. I, I get it, because where else are you going to do it? It's one of the few places you have privacy in sure. life. It really is. But why was he standing outside of the restaurant. Yeah, he wasn't looking for the privacy necessarily. <laughs> At that there. point, bro, go in, get into the stall, lock the thing. Now, I'm applying logic to Santa Claus because, yeah. you know, drug addicts, you know, you probably don't have all your rationale there because, well, you're high on the drugs. But ultimately, like, this, I, I just don't get this. It is. It's you're trying to to think it out with a with a straight mind of like, well, why would you make a decision like this? I don't know if this was something he was just like like riled up and irritated and decided like, f it, I'm going to. Well, you know. what we might be guilty of here is making it all about one thing or the other versus maybe a mixture of both. Maybe he has a maybe he has a couple of issues here. Maybe maybe he gets off on sexually exposing right. himself to people and he's on drugs. And I mean, let's be real. The life of a drug user, I can understand why you'd be very like angry at the world and now you can say that well it's your fault and you, you put yourself in this situation but that doesn't change the fact that you would just be like you'd feel like the world was constantly judging you which they are and constantly looking down at you which they are and like there would be that like urgh, that like you know you can't you, you can't get your life together you're just out in the streets out in mcdonald's parking lot shooting up with heroin like i can understand why you why why you'd want to take that out a spokesperson for McDonald's said this was an isolated incident, Fantone, and it was dealt with very quickly and efficiently by our employees and the local police. So apparently they know how to get things done there in Liverpool. Uh, uh, yeah, and you can't blame McDonald's for this. No. And, and, you know, people are crazy. No, a guy walked in there and shot up, uh, you know, some extra things into his chicken nuggets. That's all that happened there. <laughs> um, I, I, I honestly think that this would be more of a problem in around here. And I mean, don't get me wrong. You can point to a million examples of, I think I just saw a video where this mother shot up heroin like in front of her child like in front of her like eight-year-old nine-year-old there but i would think that like walmart and mcdonald's and just people just like blasting off in booths you know what i'm saying well you got to wonder how many times somebody that some of those places are working very hard to make sure the info doesn't get out maybe right or you know what i mean or how many times is the employee sitting there Oh god! Right? How depressing is that? Well, Actually, I, I I have I have some numbers on opioid use and certain states and where it's worse and this and that. We're actually going to get into that a little later on the program. But eight o'clock, top of the eight o'clock hour, your first shot at a trip to Vegas. More Stansbury show on the way next. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone, just kiss your friend Pegs. The Stansbury Show, chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 1069. 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock, win your way out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Pretty big. Back-to-back nights. You got Coldplay the weekend for Stapleton. Pink. Oh, see, we forgot to mention her. Buried the lead there. Yeah, I love Pink, man. I can't lie. I know I'm on a rock station right now. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, I love Pink. Your boy's all in on her. Kings and Leon, Big Sean, Lord, Thomas Rhett, Kesha. Wow. So that whole Dr. Luke thing. Uh, you know what? I am on a rock station right now. I got to remind myself. Let's not, get into the, let's not get into the dish right now at 646. You know what happened last night? Game of Thrones was on again last night. and. it? So I watched it, of course. I was going to go to bed, and then I was like, all right, you know, you're probably, you're not that tired. Just watch it. Um, 
Game of Thrones to me, I, I'm not I'm not a watcher, so I don't have to like stay up for it on Sunday night. But it really does seem like if you don't stay up and watch it, it is going to get spoiled for you, right? Like it's inevitable. Yeah, a little bit because people just run out. anything that's that popular. Yes, you, you, people rush to talk about and it. People love to like. Obviously, their opinion and, and their thoughts or whatever, but people love to put up the video of like the oh my god moment of something right. and like you know whatever the like the cliffhanger moment was. So to me, I would feel compelled to if I were you. That's a great point because like back in the day, people somebody may have said to you what had happened. Now right. you see like right. like the gif of it, and you're like, well, now I know. So I watched it, and I had the same thing happen last night that happened to me the prior week, which is about 9:40, 20 minutes to go. I was like, oh my god enough like come on let's go now i think part of that's just because i'm starting to get tired i wake up early it's not because the show's terrible right but everybody got what they wanted last night right Daenerys finally wreaks havoc she lets the dragon go and you get what you want and it looked horrific really it looked terrible isn't that I mean, isn't that show pretty well celebrated for its graphics and special effects and stuff like that? Yeah, it did not for me, it came off bad. It came off cheesy. And here's what I've realized. I think it's impossible to show a flying dragon breathe fire and not have it look like a seven like a seventh grader's fantasy. You know what I mean? Like well, it, it's I mean, right. But, that- but 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 didn't you know that? seven seasons ago? I mean, you're talking about the same show. I mean. I, yeah, and when they were little and kind of like, you know, learning how to like kind of spit it out, I know. <laughs> yes, I know. But I think my bigger problem last night is, it, dude, and she's written it before, when she rides the dragon, it looks so dumb. Because there's like, she's like holding on to like the scales of it as if you'd be able to do that. You know, and and which of course you wouldn't. And she's like kind of like the mother of dragons. Like, couldn't she just tell them what to do? She actually has to be straddling the dragon and right. I mean, it looked bad. It looked really bad. I mean, it just you know. I'm a huge fan. And, and, and it just seems to me like these things, these truths were self-evident. Like, I mean, that'd be like that'd be like saying dude, to it's me, Game of Thrones, not the Constitution. That'd be like <laughs> you know? that'd be like saying to me, like, oh, dude, you could tell John Cena really didn't punch that guy, and it's like, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I know it's fake. You know it's fake. If 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 her riding the dragon is a step beyond what you accept as realism in the Little Dragon show, that's a strange line for me. Well, here's part of the problem. Is that throughout the seasons of Daenerys, be, you know, coming from like the, oh, what, who, me, girl, like okay. to now being like the badass, okay. you're finding out Amelia Clark can't act to save her life. Ah. Like, dude, she's, I mean, she's starting, now that they need Daenerys to be Daenerys, it, she's being exposed. Like, she can't handle it. Um, I, I, she's... The blonde chick, right? Yeah. So she's hot, but she's not like ridiculously hot. She's like an attractive woman, certainly. Like, but she's not. I think part of the yeah, I think the fantasy of her being the mother of dragons, this and that, amps up her hotness. Okay. I'm not necessarily sure you would triple take her walking through Belden. You know what I mean? But it just looked poor. I mean, it did not look good. It did not come off good. I'm surprised. It seems to me like, I mean, obviously, I, I know people who watch Game of Thrones and tweet about it and Facebook about it. Most people seem like they enjoyed it last night. Stansberry said it's a turd. Half a turd. 
I it's yeah turn, no I mean still at, at the end of the day like it was cool what she did with it all right and what happened with Jamie at the end of it which by the way you know Jamie's not going to drown they're not going to kill him off without him dealing with more Cersei stuff you just know it but isn't that the whole thing to kill everybody yeah. everyone's dying left and right dude but once they brought Jon Snow back to life you knew it's like dude okay. they're giving up on that angle of this too okay. they're not going to have him go without another big dramatic scene with he and Cersei like it's just not going to happen and you know that so there's a little bit as the credits are rolling last night's like oh my god is jamie dead no of course he isn't maybe i'm wrong because you're right i mean that is kind of that has been their thing but i i don't see them doing that it's it turd. was good it was it was a good episode but i'm telling you her riding the dragon it just looks like when people make fun of me for like the little dragon show i was like this is what they're talking about because look at this like if you weren't a fan of the, like that's how bad like that's what i'm ta- saying like if somebody had been at my apartment last night who has never seen game of thrones and that was the scene they saw it didn't come off like oh my god look it's breathing fire and killing everybody look how cool it looks it came off like oh my god this looks like a high school play maybe college was they got to stop having her saddle the dragon. Okay. Like she's not community theater. Maybe she's not, yeah, she's the not. Ri- yeah, okay. exactly. She's not riding the dragon. Riding the dragon was awful. I don't know. I, you know what it is? It's like any other show that you know is almost over. Yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of know when it's going to be over. You, you know you're not going to be satisfied with how it ends. It doesn't feel special. It was like, I wonder, now that the characters are all the way developed, you just don't care as much as you did early on. It's, it, I don't know. It's a perfect storm of all things, I suppose. I don't know. I, uh, but, yeah, I knew everybody was going to be like, oh, my God. It was so, I, so, so sure enough, I opened my Twitter as soon as it was over. I was like, I know everybody's going to think it was so awesome. And I was just, like sitting there watching this like, man, this looks bad. But overall, probably still the best thing on TV. I do have a recommendation for you, though. All right. Uh, so I binge watched this thing on Netflix the other day called Wild Alaska. It's just only three episodes, right? All right. It's kind of like one of those, like, here's the earth, right? And uh, okay. and through that, Netflix gave me another recommendation called Tales by Light. And it's two seasons, and I'm like four or five episodes into the first season. It's all about these different photographers that go over the world and, like, you know, do wildlife photography, which if I – honestly, I think if I could do anything in the world, that would, might be one of the things I would like to have done. And uh, th- that show has been pretty damn good. You don't feel like photographers are just like, ah, take a picture, look, it's really good. Yeah, no, a little bit of okay. it is, the, yeah, a little bit of it is, you know, they're pretentious and they're all that, but they get to travel the world, they get to look at whales, that part's kind of cool, now, and like Tales by Light was pretty good. Is it about them, or is it just like, yo, here's a bunch of incredible shots of nature? So, it's a little bit of both. They kind of, they, they do a different photographer every time, and like one guy was doing, you know, monkeys in like the hills of India, and then, in, you know, another guy did whales, and like, you know, this woman did... um I forget what uh, gorillas like in the mist, kind of like that whole thing. But Tales by Light on Netflix has actually been that has been uh, you know it's paid off. But again, I get into that whole nature show and like look at the gazelle run across the thing. I can be pulled in at any. I love animals, so you can pull me into that at any given time. Up next on the Sansbury Show, we have the Hall of Fame speeches. We'll let you take a listen to Kurt Warner and Jerry Jones, who I just love. That's next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Scansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Sansbury here. And if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, Truebridge, a Trasact company, wants to hire you. Truebridge in North Canton is looking for caring people that want to help seniors understand their medical care options and choose the plan that's best for them. Damn good lineup there. 
action-packed. Stop rolling your eyes at me, Fantone. <laughs> Stop. I'm trying to do the company a solid. You, we need to, dude. We I'm need to. Trying to do them a solid. Trying to do us a solid. Keep us employed. Damn right. Um, download iHeartRadio. That's exactly right. You do that. So obviously, Hall of Fame weekend wrapped up last night with the uh, Kid Rock Toby Keith concert. Um, just wanted to say about that. Felt so backwards. Really did. Having the concert last night and the game on Thursday. I- I understand why the NFL wants to push Thursday Night Football. I totally get it. But I think Fantone said this perfectly on Friday, which is Sunday at 1 would be perfect for the game. And no, obviously not up to us. No. Whatever. Nobody's even going to ask us what our opinion is. What do you two think? But an unsolicited opinion. Like I said, I understand why the NFL wants to push primetime, you know, Thursday Night Football. They love that brand. And want to make it like a legitimate thing. So I understand why they did it. But, like, I agree that I think... I think it would be better off for us here for the for the game to be Sunday at 1. Better off here and just felt anticlimactic. Just felt like we had this big explosion like on Thursday and then by, by Sunday it was like, good lord, man. I also think the concert on Sunday night is probably tough for locals, right? Yeah. If you didn't take the weekend off to go to come out from out of town to this, you you know you got to wake up early Monday to go to work. That that may have been hard for some people. Probably even tougher for travelers though, because if you think about it, you can like let's say Kurt Warner, your favorite football player right. ever, you can watch the game Thursday. You know, go to the ceremony Friday, go to the the or the gold jacket on on Friday, go to the ceremony on Saturday, and then by Sunday it comes around, it's like, well, dude, I don't want to get, get home. I don't want to get another hotel room. I don't want to have to take Monday off of work. Yeah, dude, it's. Kid Rock, it's Toby Keith, whatever. We'll be home in four hours. Right, we're going home right now. I, that That's what makes the most sense to me, is it keeps you here. That's probably what happened. Speaking of Kurt Warner, we have a little bit of his speech from Saturday. Let's take a listen to that. People say Hollywood couldn't have written it any better. After this, they don't have a chance. It did seem like a fairy tale to him. Oh, right? well, I mean, he was I, the guy stocking shelves at the grocery store, right? And the next thing you know, he's winning Super Bowls. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. My Sundays were spent watching every game I could find on TV. At the culmination of the games, I'd grab my jersey, a term I used lightly because it was really just a t-shirt with a number on it. Then I'd head outside to reenact my own version of the games. Now he's talking about, I think, the point between he was in college and when he finally made it into the NFL. So he's like a grown man at this point, watching these games, pretending in his backyard that he's these professional quarterbacks. And if you ask me, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever even heard of. Yeah, I'd probably call the cops and be like, there's a guy outside my house that thinks he's Namath. We might want to get somebody on that. My jersey didn't have a nameplate. So I'd pull out the masking tape and create my own. Then I'd write the last name of the man who would be the star of that day's show. Most of the QBs sitting behind me who played in that era donned the back of my jersey at least once. I spent the greater part of my childhood trying to be these incredible players. I'd practice their throwing motions and memorize their movements, thinking that was how I would get here. Then one afternoon, that all changed. This particular Sunday played out like all the others until it came time to write a name on the back of my jersey. I went through all the usual suspects until finally settling on one I was sure had never made the cut before. It would be the first time that I wore a jersey with this name on it, and it would be the last name I ever wore on the back of my jersey. W-A-R-N-E-R. 
I'll never forget writing it the first time and realizing a few little letters could change everything. Kurt was a Hall of Famer. Wow. There's a little Kurt Warner there. He was pretty damn good, man. Yeah. That, that team in St. Louis was something else. You know, uh, he didn't dominate for, I feel like, a very long time. But when that team in St. Louis was on, I can remember playing that Madden-Sega game oh, yeah. with Kurt Warner. And, dude, you were just lights out with that team. And then goes to Arizona and stabilizes that. That I mean, they, they had been kind of like, you know, in the wind for a little while. Then he goes there and stabilizes that. Up next, though, is, like, dude, a guy I just love. And, dude, I, I think, dude, Jerry Jones is just one of those likable guys. Like, he just, like, I see him on TV, I'm like, yeah, the, the, let me have a drink with that guy. I, I just feel like he would just laugh all night long hanging out with Jerry Jones. Here's a little bit of his speech. I hope there's some cowboy fans here. <laughs> That's a powerful brand, man. No shortage of cowboy brands. I would say our fans. If I, if, I would say if, of all the fans I saw this weekend, cowboy fans, jerseys, hats were. That doesn't surprise me. me. I, I, I think on honestly, even years where where a cowboy's not going in, you may see cowboy jerseys. You see a lot. And last year, the Cheeseheads definitely won that crown. Yeah. But dude, it, it, it was cowboy country. This, this was week, a cowboy sure. year for sure. It was yeah. I know there's a team, cowboy team, sitting back there, guys. I love you for being here. How cool is that, having your team there while you're getting inducted? Well, right? that's just it. I mean, it kind of speaks to who he is. I mean, guys who have played for Jerry, they love him because he gets their back. Like, I mean, he's that guy. He's like, yeah, I'll kind of take you. If you had some trouble, fine, we'll take you. I mean, he just he's a very player-friendly owner. Thank you. Easy way to do it. I wanted someone I knew. I wanted someone I knew well. I wanted someone that could get it done to be our coach. I wanted Jimmy Johnson. I said he'd be worth five first-round draft choices or five Hasman Trophy draft winners. Of course, I should have did get laughed out of town when I said it. It was my first experience as an owner and a general manager in making a difficult and very unpopular decision. Jimmy, it was a great decision. You were a great teammate. You were a great partner. To the contrary of popular belief, we worked so well together for five years and restored the Cowboys' credibility with our fans. We were back-to-back. We were driven. We had thick skin. We took all the criticism. They could dish out. I thank you. They say Jimmy's probably the next cowboy to get inducted to go in. Kind of surprised he's not already in there. It feels like he's been retired forever, obviously deserving, not even questionable. Yeah, no, I would think so, yeah. He was pretty damn good. So, Jerry Jones knows how to throw a party, apparently, too. Yeah. 16 mil. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Justin Timberlake had played. Right. Had it over at Glenmore, and yeah, it was very... Uh, it was very VIP. You were saying LaDainian Tomlinson's brother wasn't even allowed in. Yeah, I asked him. I was like, yo, were you at that party last night? No, nah, we got kicked out. We got, got escorted out. Couldn't get in. So you know that's something. Like, you know that's a VIP only, you know, a, a, an emphasis on the important part there. Because if your brother is making the Hall of Fame and you can't make the cut, that's saying something. People were sending me pictures over the weekend of Justin Timberlake playing Glenmore. Yeah. Because he's a golf fanatic, Timberlake is. And he's damn good. I think he's like a five handicap. He's very good. He owns two courses, I think. He, uh, But yeah, people were sending me there like, dude, look, I live in Glenmore and look, here's, here's Timberlake playing. I was like, damn it. 
I want to play that course so bad. Um, you know, a lot of people, I think, you have a hard time wrapping your head around how can you spend $16 million in like... It's a little tone deaf these days. Well, I mean, right? Dude, if I'm a billionaire and I'm making it into the pinnacle of, 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 of like success in my business, I think I'm blowing out as much money as I want to. I there. agree, but somebody's going to call it a microaggression. And people are, well, I, I saw people complaining like, well, how much of that money actually stays in Canton? And it's like, well, granted, is Justin Timberlake living here and like spending it here? Fine, let's do the Hall of Fame thing then in Los Angeles where none of it stays here then. Where none of it even comes here at all then. I mean, what, what the people find the craziest things to complain about? Um, I heard complaints this weekend that Hall of Fame is no longer accessible to average Cantonites. That like it's you know upper crust and like upper echelon, and it's like hasn't it always kind of been well, like that? To, to me, it's like you know. And I heard somebody say, "Well, like back in the seventies, the mayor of Canton ran the whole thing, and it was three days long, and the parade went to the Hall of Fame, and they did the inauguration there, and blah 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 blah." And it's just like, dude, number one, times change, like adapt or die. It's a television product now, right? And Jerry Jones rolling with the reality TV show. Is- it's a TV show now. That's what it is. It's it, things aren't going to be the same as they were in the. 70s, and I, I have to disagree that like it was un, like inaccessible to the average Cantonite. Now, did you have enough money to get into every event this weekend? No, but if you wanted to go to Kid Rock, you could have got a Cavs game too. Could have got yourself a ticket there. If you wanted to go to one of those events, you could have got yourself a ticket there. And dude, you can go up there and enjoy the festivities pretty much for free. Like you can go up there and walk around and like enjoy yourself. And like I, people just want to complain about whatever they can. Yeah, I thought the traffic was fine. I didn't think the traffic was that crazy. If anything, and I don't know if I'm right about this, but it felt less attended this year than it has the previous two years. I do to not me. know. I do not know. But I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know. But I was like, everywhere I went, I was like, wow, this isn't as busy as I thought it was going to be. It's like the traffic's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I don't know. I feel like it went great. But I wasn't involved in a lot of it. I didn't go to a lot of it. So I guess I don't really know. Which, by the way, I was a little worried about that last night. I was like, how in the hell do I go in there tomorrow? Is the voice of Canton go, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't, <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know how I do that. I don't know how you're doing it either, dude. It's amazing to me as well. Oh my God. There's a, uh, there's a new thing that's happening. Parties are popping up everywhere. And trust me, you don't want to go. I'll explain next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock when you're way out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Check out Coldplay, Pink, Lord, Kings of Leon, Legalized Prostitution, Chris Stapleton, <laughs> and my mother. That's what Las Vegas has to offer. And my mother there. When are you making the trip out? When are you heading out to a Vegas? Well, you know what? We got to talk about that, you and I. Okay. Um, because we got to figure out what we're going to do for Christmas vacation. And when we're going to take off. And then as soon as I know that, then that's when I'm going to buy uh, the plane tickets. Because I'm going to go home for Christmas. Okay. I, like I say that. home, but I'm right. from here, but they all live there. But yeah, I'm going to go see my, uh, I'm going to go see the family for Christmas, I think. Stansbury family coming together around the Christmas tree, drinking a little eggnog. Dude, your boy's, your boy's heart is warm to dude, just to the deepest extent of me. Don't. I'm flying in Christmas morning, <laughs> flying out Christmas night. <laughs> Tell my mom she sucks. I'm out. Giving my niece a gift, pushing my mom over, <laughs> hiding the walker, and your boy's out. See ya. But 8 o'clock, we'll send you to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Normally, when somebody's having a party, you're like, I want to go to that. And if, yeah. you feel, and if you didn't get invited to the party, you're like, what's wrong with me? I must suck. 
I um I miss house parties, man. I miss they're like, fun when, when parties used to be a thing, and I feel like I'm too old for it now. Like but, except for New Year's Eve, right? That's the one. Time <laughs> that's the year. one time, right? But normally when people are having parties, you're like, man, I want to go to that. I need to be a part of that. I must be losing my cool if I'm not if I'm not in on that. But there's parties breaking out in North Carolina you want nothing to do with. Right. And they're called Narcan parties. Oh. Everybody knows <laughs> right. Narcan, the kind of the drug that brings you back after you have OD'd there. And now apparently people are intentionally overdosing with the idea that they'll be brought back to life by using the drug Narcan. Emergency Management Services Battalion Chief Rowan County, Chris Richardson, told the news people are overdosing in house or public places knowing responders are nearby with Narcan. With Narcan readily available and Uh over-the-counter now, they are having group gatherings called Narcan parties, and they will have numerous people around. So this essentially, they're going and getting the Narcan and then shooting up and then trying to overdose and then letting somebody then try to revive them with that, which is obviously a, a... really bad game. Yeah, I mean you're teetering on the brink of death there and and, and, and and I know there's people out there who aren't even going to care necessarily about that aspect of it. It's going to be like, well, who's paying for this Narcan? And like, I, I've really tried to champion the cause of like, these people are addicts, they do need help no matter what, but dude, this is very frustrating for me to hear because I don't know how I, I explain this one away. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? Like, when I read this last night, I knew what the reaction of a lot of the audience was going to be. See, this is why we don't want to spend money on stuff. And I get it. I, I understand why these stories make you feel that way, because how else is it supposed right, to make you feel? Right. So I totally understand that. But I think a lot like food stamps and WIC and that kind of stuff, it's like, are people exploiting those systems and using it the wrong way? Absolutely. And does the media, including a show like this one, probably harp too much on the people that are using it wrong versus the people that are using it right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But but that's because that's what people find interesting, too. So it's a little bit of, like, everybody's to blame here. And so, like, when I read this, I knew this was going to be one of those things where people are like, this is why needle exchange is why all this stuff just is a waste. These people just let them die in the street. I know that's what a lot of people are going to think. And... I, I don't think you can go that far. I mean, I, I, you know, I have once said, and on this very program, just legalize all drugs and let's find out what happens, right? Let's just find out what happens. I don't know if that's the best case scenario, but I know like people trying to overdose on purpose and then letting another addict shove Narcan into them because they, I guess they say uh, the revival by Narcan gives them a rush, and I would imagine it would. Oh yeah, I would have to assume right? so. I mean, it, you were technically what? Well, I, OD doesn't always mean dead. Damn well, close enough to close it. enough to I, it. I, I mean, your body's overdosing, and then you snap right out of that. That has to be a rush. It has to suck, too, being on the flip side of it, because those op- opioid receptors in your brain are turned off, and you immediately go into withdrawal, like you're, you, because you can't, you, you can sort more heroin right then, right there, or shoot up more heroin, and it's not going to affect you. So you are going to go into withdrawal relatively soon after you do that. But yes, I would assume that that rush of like... <gasps> It yeah, has that, to be something. That's got to be a it feeling. Has to be something. Apparently, Narcan was administered in this county in North Carolina back in 2016. 292 calls were reported in total that year. This year through June, they've already seen 284 calls. They're saying that's a 94% increase. That's a lot. And it's, 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 I mean, 100% increase in anything would be a lot. Right. And it's obviously indicative of uh, things are getting worse. Like this, this problem is coming to a head here. This is, this is, this is all crescendoing around us right now. Yeah. It's a pretty bad system. There. <sighs> There's a part of me that's like, well, maybe if, if it's over the counter and it's not free Narcan, people aren't going to have such a problem with it. But that's going to be a moot point when I, when I try to explain to somebody, well, at least it's not the free stuff. Um, but I, I, I dude, I, 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 this is, this is just, 
a terrible, terrible abuse of what should be viewed as like a life saving thing, and it, it, it's it's awful. Yeah. It is one of those things where it's like the people will harp on this and they're going to view this and it's it's ammunition for why we shouldn't do it. And 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 I could it show is. you I could show you a hundred stories of like, hey, this woman overdosed. She took Narcan. She got into treatment. Her life turned out better. She's Doesn't taking matter. care of her kids. She has a job now. And people are going to be like, nope, Narcan parties, Narcan parties. It's because yeah, because honestly. I bet I bet there are more Narcan parties than there are success stories. And like I've said, I think it's one in eight people who try to get sober, stay sober. At one time, I had heard that the, that's what the math was from somebody who was in programs that one in eight people that try stay sober. The, the odds do not favor it. The odds are not very good. So, yeah, I, when I read that last night, I was like, this is going to make people fly off of the handle for sure. So will this. You won't believe what a clothing company is trying to use as the new symbol for peace and like equality and all that. Wait till I tell you that. That's next on Rock 106. It's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Check out Pink, Coldplay, Chris Stapleton, DJ Khaled, some others, Kings of Leon. Top of every hour starting at 8 a.m. We'll do it till 8 p.m. Every single weekday on Rock 106.9. It's a good prize. People want it. Yeah. No, it is. Also, at 930, we'll send you uh, to the WWE when it rolls back into Canton. You'll be in the fifth row today where where we're going to put you. I don't remember. Do you happen to know off the top of your head when that event is? I believe it's October 7th, if I remember correctly. Yes, it's a Saturday in October. That that sounds right. I believe it is October 7th, but we're going to get you hooked up a little early. 930, you get fifth row tickets. You ever know somebody who just needs attention, no matter what? They just need it, right? Some of you are going, yeah, idiot, we turn you yeah. on every day. You're Welcome a guy who needs show. attention, right? And I probably do. I, I probably am one of those people. And sometimes they can be wildly annoying, like myself can. And I believe that's what KA Designs is guilty of here, just wanting some attention. And the clothing space is very difficult. It's very hard to get into. Um not well. Actually, I said that wrong. It's not hard to get into. It's hard to stay afloat in. Yeah, I mean, anyone can make T-shirts, but making money making T-shirts is the harder thing. Right. To do. My buddy's owned a clothing line forever. It's called Stress Clothing, and he's done very well with it. But I mean, it's a grind. I mean, he has to stay after it, and you know, constantly put out new designs and this and that. It's just a hard space because everybody's in it now, and Ka Designs is no different. And they have launched a new line of t-shirts and hoodies that I believe are solely about getting attention to drive you to their to their products and maybe see if they can get you to buy this and something else. And they're looking to be a little jarring here. And they have taken the swastika, put it on t-shirts, and in the background of it have put like a rainbow background behind it and then use words like peace or zen underneath it. Like I said, they have released a series of sweatshirts, gray shirts, on which they stuck rainbow-colored swastikas, which say, which obviously people have kind of linked linked to the LGBT movement. Now, they say here the fact was that Nazis threw homosexuals into concentration camps on the regular, killing thousands. Heard that? I believe oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I, I mean. I believe that. The uh, the line wasn't drawn at, at, at just the Jews? No, no, of course not. They stuck words like peace, zen, and love underneath this symbol. All right. So somebody from KA Designs says this. We really like this symbol and its shape and aesthetics. And we would love to share the beauty of this symbol detached from the hatred associated with it. 
This project only represents the first step of our master plan. Ooh, that's weird language there when you think about what what the Nazis were all about. This is the first step of our master plan. And we are excited about the future will give us. I guess nobody at this company has worked in the fashion industry before. They don't consider themselves skilled fashion designers, but more as artists and free thinkers in general. Ugh, Which, yeah, I mean, welcome geez. to welcome to t- <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but welcome to t-shirt making in 2017. You're no longer a fashion designer. You're just somebody with a with a weird saying, and you plaster it on a t-shirt, and you're selling them for 15 bucks. An artist and a free thinker, and a disappointment to your father as well. Jeez. They say they're not bothered if anybody's offended by the clothing. They understand if it makes you feel insecure, but that's just because you're not willing to break the association between swastikas and Nazis. No, what I'm afraid of is that if I put the t-shirt on, that everybody else won't be able to break the association, and then my face is going to get broken in half. Um. Right? Well, I mean, yes. Yes, you're, you're certainly going to be judged for wearing a swastika out into the world. Um, but if you go back Prior to Nazis, it's not like Nazis invented the swastika that existed well before and was used in a a, a, a wide variety of cultures in very positive fashion. It was indeed. So but then like, Hitler got a hold of it and, for the lack of a better term, worked as magic with it. And now it became something completely different. And that's what it's going to be forever. <laughs> kind of how, like, the word... Gay doesn't mean happy anymore, dude. Like it just doesn't. It just well, like it's never going back to meaning happy. It's the, not. the evolution of words and symbolism and those things will continue to happen. And if you could change it, then I mean, you can change it in the future. So you think you I think don't, KA I, Designs is on the forefront? I don't know if you're too close to the to to World War II to be like, oh, it's too soon, too soon to even try something like that. But really, a lot of that generation not, dying off. It's not that. It, it's certainly not that I'm supporting this or I want people to use swastikas in any sort of positive design but i think if you're going to accept any any sort of the very passionate um heritage not hate of 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 the confederate flag i think you could very easily say well it's heritage not hate this symbol stood for something prior to it standing for nazism and that's what i believe it is and I don't buy heritage, not hate when it comes to the Confederate flag. So yeah, I'm, I was going to say. I'm playing devil's advocate here. These both feel very much the same thing to me. And I feel like people want to cling to that argument. It doesn't feel like. The, I'll, I'll admit this. I don't really know, okay? I don't really know. I, I feel. I know people talk about heritage, not hate with the Confederate flag. I'll be honest with you. Do I really know? No. But I will say this that both the people who want to use the swastika for what it really was about and, and the Confederate flag for what it really stood for, no, you don't. It's like you like the fact that there's a loophole there that you can cling to. That's how I feel. I don't know if it's true, but definitely the people who fight for both these things feel like you're looking for this loophole because you kind of want to be wearing it for the exact reason why I think you want to wear it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do know that, that, dude. I mean, you can look back. Every state sent the federal government a reason why they're leaving, and slavery was a part of all of it. Every so last one can, of them. So you can hide behind all oh, heritage, not hate, and you can make BS up, and you can put a rainbow on a swastika. Well, couldn't I say the but heritage yes, was slavery? We, we know what you mean. So. Even if you're saying it's the heritage, not hate, the heritage was slavery. Heritage keeping black people in the place. And that's what it was a heritage of. There's slavery in that heritage, so like celebrating that and it might not be the and, might not be the greatest. And you live in Ohio, in Ohio fought for the north, so I don't know, yeah. guys. It, that, that, all those arguments always feel like loopholes to me. But I, you know, again, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Neither were you. Nobody was there. But 
I know, dude. If you put a swastika on your chest and walk around, dude, sooner or later, somebody's going to punch you in the face. That's how you that's really going think somebody's going to punch you in the face? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, who's who's going to do that? Who's stepping up in that moment? I, I just think if you wear it long enough, somebody's going to hit you. You, you just got to be prepared. Is it going to happen every day? Probably not. I think most people, you're right, are going to be just shocked in the moment of it. Like, oh, my God, can you believe what I'm watching? Can you believe what we're seeing right now? I think a lot of people are like that. But sooner or later, man, you're going to run across somebody who's had a bad day, and they're going to take it out on you. And you honestly, you're kind of bringing it upon yourself there. A little bit. Not Nobody deserves to be punched in the face. Everybody stay nonviolent out there. I'm just saying. You can go about it in a better way than that. But... This just feels like, hey, we're a new t-shirt company. We want everybody talking about us. Like, honestly, I felt a little guilty when I put it in the rundown where I was like, I'm playing right into what they want. Right into it. Scott from winningfornextyear.com is on the docket next. Also, your first opportunity at a trip to Las Vegas. That's next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sainsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Just sent somebody out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Your next opportunity happens at the top of the 9 a.m. hour. And then we'll continue all day until 8 p.m. It is Monday. It is 8 o'clock. So we're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com, as we always do Mondays at 8. Buddy, how are you? Doing well. How about you guys? Uh, we're good, man. It's good to speak with you. I, uh, I want to jump right in. Football's on everybody's brains since uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame festivities just wrapped up. And I was reading over the weekend an article at cleveland.com that says Hugh Jackson is giving more indication that he's ready to promote Deshaun Kaiser to number one in the quarterback rotation. However... Over at ESPN.com, Tony Grossi is now saying that Hugh Jackson has to promote Brock Osweiler to number one to keep the respect of the veteran players. Now, I want to ask you this question first. Wouldn't the respect of the veteran players be earned by not who's the veteran, but by who's the better player? You would think, um, you know, interestingly, you know, in that Grossi piece you referenced, um, you know, he talks about Hugh desperately not wanting to go 0-4 in the preseason, uh, which is a noble endeavor. Um, but the, at the same regard, you know, do, in doing so, you start the players who are going to give you the best chance at doing that. Um, you know, everything that I'm kind of cleaning, and this is not sourced or anything like that, it sounds a lot like they would love to have Deshaun Kaiser win the starting job. Mm-hmm. And... And and then hand the ball off thirty thirty five times a game. Um, okay. You know, use use this use this revamped offensive line. Um, you know that many people are calling one of the best in the NFL. Uh, use use your tight ends. You know, you have Seth Valve. You have you use a high pick on David Joku. Right. Um, you know, right. run a bunch of two tight ends. That's run both running backs. They're talking about using Crow and Duke Johnson on the field at the same time. I mean, everything is aligning where they're going to be running the football a lot and just giving Kaiser a, uh, you know, NFL snaps and repetitions, but kind of putting him in the best position, position to succeed at an early age. Now, that said, that doesn't mean they won't go through the machinations of giving each quarterback a chance in this, and, and maybe Grossi knows something. It doesn't sound like that's a report as much as what he feels should happen. Right. Um, but to that point, if you read any quotes, you know, from Joe Thomas or Joe Hayden or any of the other veterans. There's not many on this team, mind you. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of young players. So there's, I don't know how many of you guys you would consider veterans. But if you look at those two in particular, uh, both are speaking very highly of the rookies, uh, specifically Miles Garrett on defense and and Deshaun Kaiser on offense. So I'm not getting any sort of vibe. 
that these guys are saying start the veteran. I think they're saying let's win some football games. I would agree. And if that's and if that's Kaiser, that's Kaiser. Uh, you know, all due respect to Tony. Um, you know, I think the Cleveland.com report is a little more sourced where the uh, where Tony's column is a little more what he thinks should happen. Now, when you're thinking about starting the rookie Deshaun Kaiser, I, th- there's two schools of thought. There's well, let him sit and let him learn. Right, the Aaron Rodgers, you know, there's there's a million. Actually, there's a lot of examples of guys who sat who ended up being a much better quarterback. And then there's you know the people that are like, well, you took him, you know, with a draft pick, you got to get the kid out there, got to find out what you got. But I worry that by week six, our offensive line's not going to be what it's touted to be right now. And again, that might just be Brown's fatigue on me, and that we have a chance to because Fantone feels like Cleveland. Shell shocked Tim Tebow, or not Tim Tebow, but Tim, Tim Couch. Couch. That you know that, that you just got him hit so many times early that he just never had a chance to develop. And I worry that you might be you have a chance to ruin Kaiser like that. Is there any any fear of that? I would have loved to have seen a player like Tim be behind an offensive line like they have right now. I agree with that. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's you know, it's the it's one of the biggest what what if kind of scenarios in Cleveland sports, really. Um, you know, I I don't, I. Yes, some of these guys they picked up have had some injury concerns, but I just feel like not giving them the benefit of the doubt to this point would would be a little bit disingenuous, um, you know. But again, we we dealt with fresh of injuries over the years in Cleveland, and you know maybe there's an maybe there's a you know kind of element to that. I will say, you know, the players who have succeeded by sitting and watching have done so behind guys who weren't Brock Osweiler and Cody Kessler. I agree. Um, Scott, Scott, give me one know, I guess it's just being reported now. Hugh Jackson has named Brock Osweiler to start the preseason open. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's coming out uh, as I'm talking to you. Yeah, which is, you know, if we're, I, but very I agree. timely, obviously. And I, but, again, I think he's going to give him a chance. You know, Cody hasn't looked good. You know, he, his, his intermediate stuff is fine. But anytime he's, he has to throw down field, it's just not. It's, it looks like you or I throwing the football. Right. And, you know, so it does sound like he's going to be that kind of Colt McCoy, Destin veteran backup guy, which is fine. I mean, you could do a lot worse than having Cody Kessler be your number two. Um, but this team desperately needs to find a number one. And if it's a two-man race between Osweiler and Kaiser, why not throw Osweiler out there now and then give Cody or uh, um, Deshaun – a couple weeks during that spot. It's, it's that third and fourth preseason game where these things are won. And that gives him a couple, you know, a couple weeks to quote unquote sit and learn. And then, you know, if, if Osweiler continues to misread over the middle or throw pick sixes on the sideline, um, you know, then it's, it's, it's Deshaun's to, to, to win. You know, I, it, I, I have no issue with that. Um, you know, funny that how that, how that rolled out with me completely. Sticking my foot in my mouth, but in the same regard, um, you know, I, I don't think what happens week one of the preseason is indicative of what's going to happen week one of the regular season. Right, and Deshaun Kaiser obviously is going to have his opportunity, and opportunities will be a plenty in front of him. When you're right, you have Brock Osweiler in front of you. Right, um, if you aren't capable of taking that job over, then you do need to be sitting there with you a were a second forward. round pick for sure. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right, right. And you look at you know I, the 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 low 
floor, I guess, of 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 Deshaun Kaiser and how unprepared he was coming into the to the you know to the to the draft. I feel like it would just make the most sense to let the dude you know watch for a year. But I'm glad you bring up um, the kind of unorthodox stylings that the Browns are going to have when you talk about two tight ends, multiple running backs out on the field at the same time, and the Browns you know hell bent desire to run the ball. Um, when it comes to running the ball, when it comes to Duke Johnson, when it comes to stuff like that, I mean, do you feel like the Browns are going to be able to translate that into to wins, or is that just like, hey, these are building blocks that we're working with, and after that, we can we can build up from there? Yeah, I was thinking a lot about this over the weekend because I'm a masochist, and I, you know, you think of it the Dallas the Dallas model. Right where you know you get a huge offensive line, you, you plug in uh, you Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, you have Des Bryant. Yes, you have you know a, a you know, Terrence Williams or you know. You, but at the end of the day, that that offense was you know Dak Prescott was successful because of what Ezekiel Elliott that offensive line was able to do. Right. And if they think they can replicate that, they have to run things similarly. And but by doing so, you can't run on first down, run on second down, be third and eight, and then make the kid try and throw into triple coverage every time he gets the ball. You need you need to you need to mix things up. You know, you think of that game against Pittsburgh when Dallas it was third and eleven, and they had a huge huge need to get that first down, and they ran a draw play to Ezekiel Elliott and he went for a touchdown. You know, those are the kind of things you need to be able to be have the balls to do. And so if they can do that and keep defenses on their toes, then yes, I think they could be successful doing it. But if they if they run a draw play on first down, run off tackle on second down, and then try to force it to a tight end, you know, on a hook pattern, you know, three yards short of the first down marker on third down, you know, then you're not gonna be you're not gonna be successful. So it's gonna a lot of it's gonna come down to you. Um, they have the pieces to make it happen. Um, there's there's no doubt in my mind. It's at least, you know, <laughs> like Dan said, until week six. I, I, you know, I feel like they have the ability to do it, um, but it's an execution game, and there's not much difference between, you know, the you know the the best team in football and the worst team in football outside of execution and making things happen. And it's it, you know, it's, it, but you, that that starts with the coaching and it starts with the play calling. And I do believe Crowell at Duke Johnson, and then this Matthew Days kid. Um, you might not hear much about him until you know maybe the second third quarter of, of this Thursday game. Seventh round rookie uh, running back out of uh, NC State, I believe, has been turning a lot of heads in training camp, much in the same way as Isaiah Crowell did a couple of years back, um, to the point where you feel like they want to keep him on the practice squad for a bit, but he's going to do so well that you know the, the secret might be out. Um, you know, so they they do have some talent coming up here on the running back side of things, and you know, I again, I think they can make it happen. Um, you know, and I'm not saying any of these guys are Ezekiel Elliott, but I do think, given the, the horses they have on the offensive line, that they can be successful. Well, with it turning into a bubble screen league, I, I want a lot of running backs on, on the field. I, right. I, I want a lot of them on the roster. That's the game now, is short seven-yard passes and let guys run. That, I mean, that, that spread the field out and throw short passes. That's the game. So if we can get some players like that, I totally love it. I'm running up against it. Scott, I want to thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next Monday at 8, buddy. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Have a great week. Your next opportunity at the iHeartRadio Music Festival happens at 9 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9.
106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for the Wacom Auto Family. Starting today, Wacom is dropping the price on about 50% of the pre-owned vehicles up at the Wacom Auto Mile. If you don't know, that's at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. Some of these cars have less than 40,000 miles. Some of them less than 10,000 miles. A lot of these pre-owned cars at Wacom are even certified, which means that they come with a 100,000-mile warranty. SUVs, cars, trucks, vans, you name it, Wacom has it. You can start online at Wacom.com. If you're thinking about sending your kid back to college and they need reliable transportation, now's the time to hit up the Wacom Auto Mile. Wacom is Stark County's largest pre-owned dealer with more than 400 pre-owned vehicles for sale on the Wacom Auto Mile. I know what I'm talking about. About three and a half, four months ago, I bought a pre-owned Honda on the Wacom Auto Mile. You can start online as well, like I said, at Wacom.com. Over 400 pre-owned cars for you to choose from, so variety not going to be an issue. I'm talking cars with under 40,000 miles, some of them under 10,000 miles, and a lot of them certified, meaning you get a 100,000-mile warranty. Check out more info and the 400 pre-owned selection at Wacom.com or in person on the Wacom Auto Mile. Do what I did. Save the Wacom way. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Coming up at 9 o'clock, top of the hour, your next opportunity to score a trip for two out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We do it every hour, starting at 8 a.m. up till 8 p.m. every single weekday. And like I said, your next opportunity is 9 a.m. Also, 9.30, we get you hooked up with WWE tickets. We have fifth row seats for you today. Counting down till first row, front row. That will happen on Friday on the program. And I uh, I have confirmed a SmackDown-branded event. What does uh, that mean for people? Eh, well, you've got uh, you've got WWE heavyweight champion Jinder Mahal. You've got uh, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. I, uh, I, uh, I know Shinsuke Nakamura will be there, which I'm very excited about. Have never seen him live. Um, the thing is, though, it is a house show, so your boy John Cena will not be in attendance. Unless by the graces of God, some reason or another, the gods of jean shorts decide that John Cena should do this house show. And WWE Vince McMahon, if you're listening right now, I assume you are. If you're listening, tell your boy Cena to get to Canton, Ohio. We need, we need a little bit of superhero in our life. I was surprised to find out there was a god of jean shorts. But I didn't know. Oh yeah, I, I did not. Oh, I, yeah. I did not know that. Oh yeah, that's one I like the uh, the Roman gods. I think. It I was, was like, uh, is that right? Goddess of love, god of war, god of jorts. Those are all things. I don't. I don't buy that. I read a um, over the weekend at like one of those like salon or slate or like buzzfeed or whatever like these like these like blogs now i read okay. one of these gen x needs to step up and take the country back from the millennials the millennials are ruining everything right i read okay. one, i read one of these articles right all right uh, i mean i'm glad somebody's calling out another generation finally but uh, okay and i uh, i i will say that millennials take a beating you do like y- you guys just take a beating and it's you're the young people of America today, and every young generation has taken the beating from the generations that came before you. That's just how people work. At some point, though, you are going to have to cut off 16-year-olds from being millennials. You know what I'm saying? If I am 33 and everyone's like, oh, you're a millennial, to have a 13-year-old and say, oh, you're a millennial too, that's a it's little It's technically skewed. between 18 and 34, right? It's, okay. It's technically like right now. So what it's zenial now is the next one, right? That's, the, that's what we're oh, calling the people God, coming up behind the millennial. I believe it's zenial. I don't know. But this guy like went off in this like huge like I don't know it was like twenty two paragraphs or something I had to read about this right, and but I did highlight a couple of things in here that I thought was interesting and worth some examination. 
He says the most troubling thing about millennials, Fantone, is that they have displayed an indifference to the bedrock of the American principle of free speech. I'm quoting him here. He says a 2015 Pew study found that 40% of those ages of those between the ages of 18 and 34 feel the federal government ought to censor potentially offensive statements about minority groups. And this feels very strange to me is because my generation, Gen X, again, was very anti-censorship. Censorship was like a naughty word for us. It's like we were, I constantly saw people on TV about it. Bands were talking about it back in the day. Directors were about it. Like censorship was like the, it was like the worst thing you could do. Like we hated that, my generation. So to see a generation coming up behind us and trying to come from the right place, which is let's be nice to everybody. You're trying to come from the right place, but you got to be careful about allowing the federal government to censor potentially offensive statements. Yes, and I mean, that applies across the board. Right. It's one of the great things about America is if you have an issue with something, you are allowed to say something, and you are allowed to do something about it. So yes, I will 100% agree with you that that's, that's definitely problematic. Society should be the thing that censors hate speech or or things are taboos and things like that. It should be society, not the federal government. Like You can scream the N-word on the street corner until you're blue in the face, sure. Sure, but it should be society that steps in there and makes it unacceptable, makes it makes it so that you don't repeat that behavior, as opposed to, yes, you being arrested and going to jail. I would agree with that. They say he has more math here. He says roughly two-thirds of college students say colleges should be allowed to establish policies that would restrict slurs and other language that is intentionally offensive to certain groups. 69% as well uh, as the wearing of costumes that stereotype certain racial or ethnic groups. 63%, according to a 2016 Gallup survey, nearly half of those responded said that they thought there could be some legitimate reasons to prevent the press from covering campus protests. I don't have a problem with the university saying that, like, no, this is the standard of of what we do on this campus. And if you are dressed up, you know, uh, in a ridiculous Mexican stereotype costume, that's not acceptable. Or if you're using hate speech on our campus, that's not acceptable. I don't have a problem with that. That's different than the federal government to me. That Yeah. I mean, you're a university there. Right. That's kind of like there's rules and regulations that come with university. I'm OK. I guess right. I'm OK with it, too. But Telling that that half the respondents said that there should be some legitimate reasons to prevent the press from covering campus protests. What would those be? Like, that's that's not right at all. Like, that is worrisome. So the problem is, is that you you feel like the media should have free access to newsworthy events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm not arguing with it. I, otherwise, I don't know how we all stay educated on what's going on. Well, I mean, with the fake media out there, why should I have access to a, to a college protest if I don't have access to a White House press briefing? Well, I, again, I believe that they should have access to the White House press I mean, briefing. If, if that's camera free, why can't I say that my protest is camera I, uh, free? I, 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 I think the White House press briefing should be covered. I, I'm one of those people. But I think it's strange that 40% of these people between ages of 18 and 34 feel the federal government ought to censor potentially offensive statements. I think it's also worth noting that like, if you're asking, especially like college-age kids stuff, you're at that point in your life where like you're flirting with everything. I'm sure if you would have went to college campuses back during the Cold War and talked about like communism there would have been kids back then who would have been like yeah dude we should we should we should uh, you know you just don't get them right you yeah exactly and like as yeah you there grow is some up, of that as you grow up as you mature as you kind of understand more about the world and life and everything that comes along with it your 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 
beliefs become more mainstream, become more towards the center. It's always been, right, it's always been a, a saying in this country that in your late 20s, you're a Democrat, in your, in your late 30s, you're a Republican. It's just the way it is. You do get a little bit more conservative as you get older because, again, what, what progressiveness is, is the, is the changing of the country for the younger generation. You're old, so you want to stay conservative back to where you were. I think, I think both just the America you grew to the up center. In. Most young people are start on the left, so therefore they're going to move right. But I think even even like when you're young and you think you know everything, if you start on the right, at the end of the day, you're probably going to end up going left because towards the center is where most truth is in the world. At the end of the yes. day, uh, the, the, the concept of I know the concept of working together and like trying to like compromise is just a disgusting concept for people. But it's right. like that's where that's where everything gets. Are. That's where everything gets done. That's why I always say if, if if somebody's trying to make you all this and none of that, you're being hustled. I, and I really do believe that. I really do believe that. You kind of need to keep your mind open to all things there. So, but I, I don't know. Being willing to give up free speech. Because because it would help us be nicer to one another. That I I don't know. That terrifies the hell out of me. More Sansbury show right around the corner. Hang on. 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury show. Rock 1069, 9 o'clock. Your next opportunity to win a trip for two out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We do it every hour, starting at 8 a.m. all the way till 8 p.m. every day. 9 a.m. your next show. If you missed it, Hugh Jackson has announced Brock Osweiler will be your starter Thursday night for the Browns' preseason game against the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, good thing New Orleans doesn't have a steady quarterback out there. It's a good thing they don't have one of those. Oh, oh wait, yeah, they do. I think it's absolutely hysterical that, you know, Hall of Fame game this past Thursday night and uh, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Bruce Arians, said, you know what? We're not playing any starters. Zero. Not a single one will get a rep. The Cleveland Browns are like, you know what? We got to figure out this quarterback controversy. <laughs> we better get Brock out there. We have a piece of audio of a reporter going after Brock and asking him the hard questions. Let's take a listen. You know, I'm not going to compare the two situations because, uh, one, they're two different teams. Um, they're two different systems offensively, how we do things. Um, my sole focus right now is on this system, this team, and uh, being my absolute best I can possibly be for the Cleveland Browns. But are you good enough to be a starting quarterback in this league? I mean, regardless of the system. Absolutely. Why? <laughs> I, I think the proof is in the film for the past two years. But, I, but some people would say the proof's not in the film from last year. I'm one of those people. I, I'm one of those people. They had New England put away. Even competent at QB last year, they they win that playoff game. New England's not even in the Super Bowl. If they were even competent at quarterback, they win that game. They had him put away. It was over. Brock Osweiler cannot play professional football. And what a frustrating place that must have been for his teammates and, and, and the entire organization last year when it's like, dude, all you have to do is do 101 fine. We'll take care of everything Just else. protect dude. the ball. Right. We we as, as the people out there doing this work, dude, we'll block for you. We'll run for you. We'll catch for you. You just have to do 101. Just get us into the Hall of Fame game. That's all you got to do, Radio Station. You don't have to do anything else. Your boys will take care of the heavy lifting. You yes. just got to give us a little 101. Yeah, Phantom's still a little upset. A little frustrating place, dude. I'm not going to lie. Phantom's still a little, a little frustrating. Frustrating, frustrating spot right there. Um, But number one, it's a preseason game, so we've yes. all got to gaggle overboard. Um, And number two, 
you know, Scott brought it up, and I, I for one, I, I think it's the right thing to do, is you're going to have to play Brock Osweiler no matter what. You're going to have to pay him. You're gonna, his contract is there. Nobody's going to, you're not going to trade him for anything. So why not let him go out, crap the bed with this team, which might have four wins in it, and let Deshaun Kaiser develop? I, it makes all sense in the world to me. Uh, I just hate the guy so much. I, I guess I just, you just know he can't do it. So as the people are talking to me about, well, you know, the second best offensive line and the defense is getting better and Greg Williams and all this stuff, it's like, well, we don't care about any of it, though. Like, we're, we're, we're not going to give right. all of that other stuff a leg up. You have to, well, and I guess it's who really gives the better leg up there, but you have to start putting a premium on winning if you're the organization. Oh, especially, God, yeah. especially if you're Hugh Jackson and you're trying to you save one your job. 15. Right. right. You have to put... We are winners. We have to introduce that mentality into these young minds because if not, nobody's going to go out there and play hard. Nobody's gonna, they're going to give up three games into the season. You know what I mean? So like, oh, I it's going to be before. I that. guess by putting Brock out there, by putting Brock Osweiler out there, you're at least giving the you know you talked about vets versus younger guys in the locker room, but you're at least giving the impression that you are trying to win and win every game every time you go out there. So I guess from that perspective, I, I understand. I don't think putting the ball in any one of those those three dudes' hands says that. Well, I mean, you got to put you got to pick one. <laughs> you I do got to pick one of them. That's what I'm saying. None of them say that. Brock Osweiler doesn't say that. Cody Kessler doesn't say that. Deshaun Kaiser doesn't say that. Who says it the most, though? And to me, it's Brock Osweiler. It is. I don't... What makes you say that? <laughs> The fact that he has experience playing in, in a playoff game, in, in a playoff game, has more in-game experience than anyone else. I, they're all turds, dude. I'm not trying to stand up and be like, no, Brock Osweiler, dude, he's going to be the guy. Here, well, here's what I can't figure out then, because Hugh Jackson says, you know, Brock hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities with the first team, and so Thursday night he'll get those reps. Well, if he's the guy that legitimizes it the most, then why hasn't he gotten any reps with the first team? Like, what do you mean? First of all, because I feel like this should have been a, like an even race from the beginning of training camp. Like nobody should have been ahead of anybody else. They should have been right. Isn't this like a, all right? You do three plays. You do. Th- I mean, you're starting from the ground up here. You're the Cleveland Clowns. Like, right? I mean, I, how many times have I said all I can expect this year is for you to be able to run the ball and for you to be able to make tackles? That is the only, only, only thing I'm like focused on. I mean, if, if, oh if you God. ask backwards your way into a couple of wins that you don't deserve, yes, that happens. But at the end of the day, can you consistently get first downs via the run, score points via the run, and can you consistently tackle dudes? And God, dude, what a low low bar we have for this organization. Dude, bad weather, no golf, and 16 punches to the nuts <laughs> all on a road, dude. Hashtag Ohio sucks. Dude, I'm unhappy about the weather. I'm not. Dude, I don't like this time of year, man. The football's not good. The weather's not good. Nothing's good. That's why we're going to get you the hell out of here and send you to Las Vegas. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Scansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Scansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Just sent somebody else out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Your next opportunity will be at the top of the 10 a.m. hour. So Fishhead. No, I'm sorry. Mm. That's not true anymore. Mm. We uh, Fishhead back doing afternoons where he should be. Yeah. So he'll have a couple opportunities for you starting after 3 o'clock. 
This is where normally I would tell you who does middays here now, but I don't know. It's all right. It'll happen. Don't worry. You're going to Vegas. Just listen to the radio station. Listen to it on my heart radio. Good times. If you haven't heard, Brock Osweiler is going to be your starter Thursday night for the Browns' first uh, preseason game. Just so, Browns, as uh, as Nick Camino so, so perfectly said. And I'm not going to go off on a whole other Browns thing here, but like already the Brock Osweiler jokes are annoying. Uh, already, dude, Twitter is to jokes as what a radio station is to songs. Man, that was really good. But now, but now a radio station got a hold of it, and now it's like my least favorite song in the world. And Twitter is the same way for jokes. It's like, oh my god, I know, I get it, I get it. Oh my god, here comes Brock Gibbs, and it's already, it's been 20 minutes, and already it's ruined. Yeah, it's I mean, already social over. media will do that to you. And Stansberry, already over. Stansberry essentially talking about like. You know, people out there who are saying, like, you know what, I'm going to rock and roll all night, party every day. Yes. That's what we're going to do. Yes. That's, yes. What, that's what's going to happen out there. You can Brock me tonight, a little bit of Billy Squire. Who cares? Brock him tonight. The only one I saw that was like, okay, and it was the first one I saw, which was for those about to Brock, we salute you. Like, that was the first one I saw. I was like, all right, that's kind of that's kind of chuckle worthy. 20 minutes later, all of them are nauseated. Going to Brock the Casbah coming oh. up next. Oh my God, Brock the Casbah! to Brock you like a hurricane, baby. Get it going, Brock him like a hurricane. <laughs> See what I'm saying? The, the, it's the, terrible. The, the Brockisms are not good. It's terrible. They're not good. Oh my God. Here's what's so funny about that. Why is a joke that if you heard somebody say it? You'd think it was terrible, but somebody tweets it. Tweeting, it's right? funny. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Like if I heard anybody say Brocktober, I would want to punch you in the face. But for some reason, you write it on Twitter, and everybody thinks it's genius. Hilarious, Hansberry. Hilarious. Get I don't get it. You know what's nice is but, that is that you know football season happens in the winter, oh so God. these Brock jokes can last all out. A little bit of Brocking around the Christmas tree. <laughs> That's what we're gonna be doing this holiday season. Santa coming down. Brock Osweiler wearing a he's wearing he's wearing the beard, the red suit, rocking around the Christmas tree, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god, it's awful, it's awful. What are we Twenty doing minutes with our into lives? the ordeal, and I already like just want to pick up my computer and throw it down the hallway because of what everything I've read. Oh, but a broad star right here, Nickelback coming out before the Browns game. That one was sneaky good there. I was, like, star. I was like, why is he playing Nickelback for this? And I, I didn't even think about it. Oh, Brock star. Well, Brock star. Terrible. <laughs> oh my god, it's brutal. So bad, dude. Yeah, it's bad. Miss Yaggedy sacks. It's I, I, I <laughs> exactly. Twitter is Mike Myers. Like, get their hands on a joke and just beat it into the damn ground. That's what Twitter is. God is annoying. Yeah, it's not the best. Follow me at Sansbury Show. <laughs> Looking ahead at tomorrow's program, New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new Bruno Mars, new Florida Georgia Line, and new All That Remains covering Garth Brooks. Okay. So we'll take a listen to that tomorrow, 9 o'clock. Cover action there, okay. On the program. I do want to tell you this story, and I I, I got to be careful here because this was, this was a, yeah, see, Phantom's already heard this story. This, is, this happened to me o- over the weekend, All right. and I'm not going to tell you where it happened. Okay, because it's rude. It, it, yeah. It's rude. They're a business owner, and and I don't really want to pick on anybody for what something their for something their employee did. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to crucify an entire business over something an employee did. Now, you've had issues with this business in the past. I'm not a fan. So this just. And again, another reason why I don't necessarily want to go out of my way and listen. But yes, okay. I'm not the biggest fan. Right. But I had some people come down this weekend from up north and we were hanging out. And, you know, they were here for some Hall of Fame activities and stuff. And they said, hey, man, I'm in your town. Let's get together. Let's have some lunch or breakfast or whatever. Hey, man, I'm in your town at this event. Why aren't you here? Stansbury, where are you? Yeah, Phantom's not ready to let that one go yet. Not ready. <laughs> not, not, ready not, not ready to let that one go yet. And so I said, all right, well, you know, um, we can go get breakfast right down the street. You know, me and my buddy, we'll meet you two over there, right? All right. And so we go in, and I thought it was going to be really busy because it was last year at this same place, and it wasn't. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe this will be all right. Okay, you said this is Saturday morning? Saturday, yeah, Saturday morning. Okay, so with the parade going on and everything, all right, you anticipated some some people there. Right? I really did, yeah. And so, um, you know, it was a little later, too, so I figured, yeah, most of the people probably done with the parade, probably going to start filing in here or whatever. And it wasn't that busy, right? And there's really nothing on the menu. They just kind of, they were going to do a buffet type thing. I was like, okay, well, whatever. You know what I mean? Fine. All right, yeah. And so we order the drinks, which takes like forever and a day to get to the table. Are we talking cocktails here? Are you no, we're talking, and mimosas? we're talking three coffees and an orange juice. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And it takes forever. And I'm not trying to be a nitpicky, like egotistical American and like impatient or whatever, but it was. It was like a little while, right? All right. And then... The waitress is coming to the table, and she's an older woman, which is fine. Okay? I don't yeah. care if my waitress is 80. I don't. Yeah. I mean. I don't care. It's not like you were at the tilted kilt. You know what I'm right. saying? That oh. would have been a different situation oh. Oh. if Granny was working at the kilt, but she wasn't. Do Granny kilt night? <laughs> Come on. I, uh, Come on. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, dude, Granny kilt night might happen. Put a pin in that. All so, right. Why? So, and so I'm sitting there like waiting for these drinks to come back to the table. And here she comes with three cups of hot coffee and an orange juice. And it's obviously a lot to carry. So instead of using a tray, yeah, she like, like is holding them against her chest. And oh. she had like, she's like getting older and she has like this shirt that's kind of like buttoned down a little too far. Oh. And you can see like an incision scar of where an operation has taken place. Jesus. And now something that is supposed to go on my lips is now rubbing up against it. And I thought to myself, guys, this is Hall of Fame weekend. <sighs> like this, it's all eyes on Canton. If you're not smart this weekend, you're just not smart. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, like if you don't know you need to be better than this while everybody in the world's in from out of town, how the hell did you make it this long? Like I was like I was surprised. I was like I can't believe they have plumbing in here. Like if this is the kind of decision making that was at, I honestly I was so grossed out. So she was holding it like a baby. She had yeah. like she had him up against. Oh, and it's God. all spilling and everything. And I was just like, oh dear God. What did you do? Did you? I mean, I I, I politely just kind of like let it sit there because what was I gonna do? Like what was I gonna do? I, I don't want to make a scene out of it. I don't want to be a dick about no, it. No, local you know radio I mean? personality right. arrested in the middle of Hall of Fame weekend. Exactly. Right. And the okay. woman's just trying to do her job. Right. And so, like, <laughs> but she's not doing it good. Yeah, get or a tray. Well, rather. Like, I don't understand why you don't get a tray, even if it's not Hall of Fame weekend, even if it's just an average Saturday morning. Like, why are you carrying hot coffee up against your bosom? Lady? I remember, dude, I turned to my buddy Jim. I was like, is that my coffee cup up against an, uh, uh, like, like a surgery incision? Uh, he was uh, <laughs> Like, yeah, man, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. And then, dude, then we ate the food and it was cold and all that stuff. Yeah, it just, I honestly, I looked at everybody at the table and I said, if you guys are going to stick around all day, 
I'll I'll buy lunch somewhere and I'll take you so I'll take you someplace in Canton that I feel like I can send you home and you got like a real view of what this city has to offer because this is not it right I mean you know I think uh, you know a greasy spoon diner exists everywhere in the world but like you don't want to you don't want to be like no dude come down here it's gonna be awesome you're gonna have a great time dude there's gonna be all these Hall of Famers they're gonna be coming down Cleveland Avenue we'll get to wave it at Mike Ditka and then it's like no you're just gonna drink this gross coffee off of grandma's boobs <laughs> uh, dude i was Terrible. so grossed out devin says he would go to granny kilt night <laughs> I don't know, i'm telling you i don't know build it one by one granny kilt night's <laughs> gonna be a thing more stansbury show right around the corner hang on dan stansbury matt fantone just kiss your friend thanks the stansbury show chilling in the studes with my dudes on rock 106.9 hey guys you got stansbury here i know the thought of buying a new car sometimes can be a little overwhelming you're probably worried about your credit don't be. Right now, the Wakeham Auto family is offering you a really good deal. If you have a job and just $99 down, you're pre-approved at Wakeham. They can do this because of their great finance team. 90% of the customers who visit a Wakeham store get approved and drive home in their new or pre-owned vehicle. And it's because they are Stark County's largest dealer. They work with more than 30 lenders. So even if your credit is a little questionable like mine was, you can get approved at the Wakeham Auto family. You can start online. 6 9 Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. We'll end the program by hooking you up with WWE tickets. We'll put you in the fifth row. You're about 25 minutes away from that. I might quit my job and try to win these tickets, dude. Your boy, he wants to be there. Tomorrow on the program, 9 o'clock, New Tour Tuesday, you're getting new Bruno Mars, new Florida Georgia Line, and new All That Remains. Actually, that's not all that new, as it's a cover of a uh, Garth Brooks song. So we'll give you that. One of the good Garth Brooks songs, too. Back when he was uh, wearing the red, white, and blue shirt. He had the big old hat. The face. <laughs> what was it? Like, his face looked like the American flag. Oh, yeah. The greatest hits record yeah. that was. Yeah. Good good Garth. Yeah, he was great back in the day. Still a great performer. If you get a chance to see Garth Brooks, go. Like, that's a show. Like, even if you don't like country all that much... You have a chance to see Garth do it because he puts on a fantastic show. Was it three consecutive sellouts he had at the queue or something yeah. like that? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I actually was taken to see him for the first time ever by a girlfriend of mine way back in the day when he was like super popular. I was like, country blows, right? It was like one of those. And she was like, you know, he's a huge Kiss fan, right? And I was like, what? And then he covered Beth and like that whole thing. And I was like, all right, well, let me see it. And then, you know, we went and sure enough. And then I have since seen him at a residency in Vegas and he was great. To where Stansbury first started kicking the dust up, getting the thanks suck one time, put a dipper in Stansbury, come on! A little bit. A guy accused us earlier of, uh, and we haven't even done it today, of talking about the penile region a little too much. Ah. And uh, this is a guy I got into an argument about some uh, you know political stuff on social media with, and he was like, yeah, man, you sure do like talking about penis a lot. Oh, okay, so you're gay. Boy, and, what an insult. And I'm just telling you right now, dude, if I was gay, I would go down on a dude on Facebook Live. Jesus. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not living closeted. That's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a pretty confident person who I am. I like me. We're going to be fine. Right? Okay. Uh, but I, I did view that to be an interesting observation on his part, and we're going to talk about that region right now. Alright, we're doing a little Strong Dong Monday, finally. Dude, we can get some D up in this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. That's what we need. We needed more of that. We do. Sperm banks are considering, or some of them are actually already now doing it. They're worried about the amount of people who are donating sperm. 
And if you're a guy like me, it's like, well, dude, really don't plan on getting married. Probably not going to have kids at this point. Probably should help out, right? Yeah, I would just, I, I, I would just feel really weird knowing that I had a child out there that I had no knowledge of, connection to. I don't think I would necessarily be able to do it. Don't worry, dude. You can still be an MVP on an NBA team. Okay. You're, you're, okay. you're, you're gonna be fine. But some sperm banks now claim that they think that they can get more people to donate if they start to offer you virtual reality porn. And I agree. I think that's a way for a guy who's on the fence on VR porn to try it without having to pay for it himself. You get a little sperm. I get to try this thing to see if I like it. Everybody kind of win-wins, and that's how guys think, right? I, I could totally see that. Yeah, I mean, the allure of something new that you don't have to buy, I mean, that'll get someone across the board, but, I mean... Is it really going to get high quality sperm donors across the board where it's like, dude, no, I'm so desperate to try out this new type of pornography. I can't invest $100 myself. I have to. I, I'm going to give it this test run. I just feel like you're going to. Oh, are they going to be great sperm donors? Nobody's okay. claiming that. All I'm right. not claiming that. <laughs> All right. I'm just claiming, dude, guys are going to be knocking on the door every morning. Let me in there. I want to try that. I, I would have to imagine that's the case. My buddy's been talking to me about this for a while. He's got like that Sony PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm. My buddy Tony has this, mm-hmm. and he claims the porn's fantastic on it. Oh, I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm sure it's 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 it, if you're into POV style of pornography, I'm sure there's no better way to do it than that. I just can't get past the goggles on my face <laughs> during that process. Like, I need all of my senses about me. You live alone. If you had three kids and you lived in a house with your wife and it was constantly dad, 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 then I understand, dude. You got to be able to zip up quick. You got to be able to, you know, to hide Hands the evidence the board. quick. Right. But, it, dude, you live alone. You might as well. Yeah, but, dude, I got, like, you can see into my place from parking lots across the street and stuff. I, the next thing I know, I got that mask on. I want something to drink. I'm walking down. Into the kitchen. I don't know. I can't have it. I'm I'm terrified. Plus, dude, I live in the dude. I live in the hood. The last thing I need is some like a couple of thugs to like kick in my door, and I can't even save my flat screen because you know Alexis Texas is twerking ass and goggles in my face. I can't have it. But I do think that if you put virtual reality porn in sperm banks, I think more dudes probably line up to do that. I mean, think about that, dude. Essentially, you're going to get paid to try something you probably want to buy. That's that's market research right there. I'm all in on that. I uh, I, I may be donating. All right, dude. I'm sure there's somewhere out there, and uh, we will see what their what their pornographic capabilities are. I'm sure there's a sperm bank somewhere in, yeah. in Canton, Ohio. I would think, right? It's got to be right. Bunch of sperm donors in Canton, Ohio. <laughs> that much I've seen running around. We do have WWE tickets. We'll put you in the fifth row. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, Pinks. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show. When you're way out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival, that will happen at the top at the 10 a.m. hour. We'll continue that all day. 8 p.m. tonight will be your last shot at that. Again, looking ahead at tomorrow's program, 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new Bruno Mars, new Florida Georgia Line, and new All That Remains covering Garth Brooks there. Very interested to hear that. I'm choosing not to listen to that All That Remains until until we handle that on the program. I'd have to go listen to some Garth, though. Yeah, it might not be a bad after, uh, way to spend the afternoon. Oh, call him Baton Rouge right there. That's not, uh, yeah, I like that one. A little bit of the rodeo right there. One time now. Put a dipper and get the thing stuck, Stansbury. One time now. 
Oh, speaking of one time, now get the thing stuck. Your boy, uh, Fantone, I will be at the Dusty Armadillo this weekend. Oh, that's the Sunday, right? Sunday, one to three, one time, putting dippers in, getting the thing stuck, come on! I hope somebody kicks you in the balls. Dude, it's it's inevitable, man. Just a pair of cowboy boots right to the yams. I just feel like somebody's going to come in there and smack you right in the face with a Yosemite Sam mud flap. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what's going to happen. You've been to the Dusty A before. I have. Now, is there, I like the Dusty. Is there like a dress code? Am I allowed to wear sleeves or is it like, no, sleeveless? You have to be sleeveless when you go in there. I believe it's part of the paid admission. They rip them off <laughs> at the door for you. <laughs> I, don't quote me on that. The WWE coming back to the Hall of Fame city that happens on the seventh of October, and we're uh, doing the, like the countdown for rows this week. We're starting with the fifth row today. You'll get front rows on Friday, but let's pass out these fifth row tickets. We'll take caller fifteen right now. One eight hundred two four three seven six two five. Again, everybody says I always say this really fast, so it's one eight hundred two four three seven six two five. Say it one more time, the WWE fans. One eight hundred two four three seven six two five. We'll take caller fifteen on those. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, six AM on Rock 1069, online at WRQK.com and worldwide via iHeartRadio. You guys have an awesome afternoon. See you. Plus, I can't turn the swell off. The franchise doing big business. I live this is automatic. I win this, so you hear those horns, you finish. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, Tanks. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studes with my dudes. On Rock 1069. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. And if you're a licensed